0: Here's Lemuel. The center penalty coming up. Look at Lemuel! Oh my goodness! What a goal!
1: What a move! Lemuel! Oh baby! There's a mistake in a tour of the
0: fans, you are tuned in to Talking Hockey, the Hockey Talking Show. It's season three, episode 19. I am co-host Tom. I've got with me, as always, co-host Randy, and he's hollering at me to get off the ice. I've been on for a big, long minute and a half shift, and co-host Randy, how you doing today, buddy? What's going on?
1: What is going on? Well, there was some <laughs> huge news uh, from from our hometown Winnipeg Jets that we'll talk about deep in the episode. Yeah, we have a great guest, um, a local local legend, if you will, who's mm-hmm. who's turning into more of a legend by providing twigs for the boys and girls.
0: One hundred percent.
1: And it's Friday afternoon. A big win from the Jets last night in Toronto. Um, looking yeah. forward to getting pucks deep all weekend. Here we go, boys.
0: Yeah. All right. Great wrap up. I love it. Uh, Yeah. So we've got a great show for you. Uh, But before we, and you know, episode 19, you're on the edge of your seat. You're thinking who could they be naming this episode after there's so many good 19s out there. And before we get to that, I just, um, I just want to let you know that talking hockey was recently announced as the preferred podcast of nationally acclaimed broadcaster, the legend himself, Peter Mansbridge. Yes, you heard me right. Peter Mansbridge, talking hockey fan.
2: That's a good one. Joan Westall. Let me see, where, where is Joan writing from? Well, she got a double address. Picked in Ontario and Tatamagoosh, Nova Scotia. I'm just going to read a bit of the letter. My husband and I enjoyed your recent podcast on hockey, and I wanted to bring another podcast to your attention. It's called Talkin' Hockey, The Hockey Talkin' Show. Here's the link, and she includes the link, and you can find it by just Googling Talkin' Hockey, The Hockey Talkin' Show. That link may take you to the most recent episode. The two lads who do the show carried through University of Manitoba have a big interest in hockey and share it from humorous angles, like local beers. They feature a beer and discuss the weekly events in hockey for the duration of drinking the beer. Hockey Heritage, hair spelled H-A-I-R, featuring great hairdos in the world of hockey and often conduct interviews of local hockey heroes. Hosts Randy and Tom play in a hockey beer league in Winnipeg and also have extensive radio experience, so they share their passion through their podcasts. I think they deserve a shout-out, and you might enjoy tuning in occasionally. Well, Joan, that's very kind of you. And how thoughtful to, you know, bring up a couple of local guys who, you know, you obviously, you don't even know these guys, but you listen to their hockey podcast. Or do you know these guys? The next line, full disclosure, I'm Tom's mom. But despite that, I enjoy his radio presence. (laughs) I love that. That's a dedicated mom figure out a way to promote their son's podcast. It sounds like a great podcast. And yes, I will listen. I probably won't listen to the heritage moment.
0: So there you have it. The legend himself, Peter Mansbridge, if you're listening, Hey there, big fella. Thanks for tuning in. And, uh, you know, look, heritage isn't all about the follicles. Sometimes, you know, what isn't there speaks more volumes than what is there. So uh, looking good as always, and um, thanks for thanks for reading my mom's letter on the air. And mom, I mean, like if you could see my face right now, it's pretty red,
1: so pretty yeah, embarrassed. Huge shout out to Tom's mom. Thanks, Tom's mom. Also, uh, we're don't gonna have that... to
0: clean up. We're gonna have to clean up our yeah. uh, <laughs> behavior on the <this> show.
1: <laughs> I think there's a there's a lot of great moments in that clip, but I think one of my favorite parts is. How she says that uh it's hosted by two lads. And I don't I don't I don't think I've ever been called a lad before. So a
0: strapping young lad there and for sweet. sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh pretty great, pretty great. Yeah. So uh shout out to Peter Mansbridge and his podcast called The Bridge. Uh yeah, he's just uh still going. He, he retired from the CBC a while ago and he's still rolling. Speaking of the CBC, I will just shout out a couple of future guests we've got coming up on the show, one of whom is a CBC broadcaster, uh, Grant Lawrence, former uh, frontman of the band The Smugglers, and beer league hockey goalie. He'll be joining us on Talking Hockey, the Hockey Talking Show, in an upcoming episode. And, um, and then next week, uh, I believe, or we'll say just soon, We've got, uh, Mr. Zamboni of the Zambonis joining us, but, but this week it's Jason Goulet, local hockey legend. But before we get to him, we got to talk about who this episode is named after a strapping young lad himself. Uh, we're going to go with none other than number 19, Stevie Y, Steve Iserman, Detroit Red Wings, Red Wings legend, Hall of Famer, Stanley Cup champion, uh, Olympic gold medalist, uh you know, what else has he done, Randy? Uh, oh, he's gotta,
1: a world-class general manager too. Like he That's right, yeah. He, he was yeah. a big part of putting together the Tampa Bay team um, that won the cup uh, last year. And also, uh, you know, he's got his fingers and hands all over this uh, Detroit Red Wings team. I looked at, mm-hmm. they've got like, uh, I think two first round picks for this year's draft, three second round picks and a whole bunch in three, four, five, six, seven. So he's implementing the full-on Steve Eiserman rebuild. So uh, I think the Red Wings are going to be a a force to be reckoned with, for
0: sure. Exactly. It won't be long until they sort of uh, are back on track as the powerhouse Detroit Red Wings. Uh, Did Eiserman also not have his hands in Team Canada international roster construction with uh, Sochi, maybe, or one of the... more recent Olympics?
1: uh, There would have been one where he was given the reins for sure. I would say it would have been around 2014. I I think mm -hmm. it was after 2010. Yeah, Um, 2010
0: was Vancouver. 14 was Sochi. Sochi, 18 was uh, Korea.
1: Yeah. So I'm thinking it was one of those, either 14 Mm -hmm. or 18. But he's, he's clearly gone on to um, you know, blow away the hockey world with with how he can, you know, one action. of the
0: best hockey minds out there. I'd put, say put for a sure. team
1: together for sure. Yeah,
0: yeah, knows what he's doing. And I mean, like as a player, he was just an absolute legend, playing in fifteen hundred regular season games, at pretty much two hundred postseason games. Um, you know, he retired in o five o six. He was in the Hall of Fame by. I think it was, um, is that when he got in the Hall of Fame? Hockey Hall of Fame 2009, pardon me. And, um, yeah, he, so he finished, he finished his NHL career with 1,755 points, 692 of those being goals. And every single one of those seasons, every single one of those games was with the Detroit Red Wings of whom he is now the general manager and yeah Stevie Y absolute beauty you may have noticed in our intro clip uh the 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 legend bob cole um what does he say in the clip he says uh detroit wins the game something like that you well, yeah, know
1: do yourself a favor and google or youtube steve eiserman playoff goal versus versus st louis blues
0: that's a slap. that's a top cheddar slap shot right there right
1: right from the freaking blue line and low like you know wayne gretzky just turned over the puck in the neutral zone one thing you never do never turn Don't it do over. that you know, yeah. you know, you should be doing you should be getting pucks deep. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> if, if Gretzky would have got pucks deep, that goal would never have existed. But he was dangling through the neutral zone. Lo and behold, Stevie Y grabs it, uh, you know, tees it up from just inside the blue line. And uh I think it was top, Curtis
0: Joseph in nets that he beat over the glove, eh? Or it was a blocker corner. maybe.
1: It's it's a beauty goal. Um I've watched it like eighty four thousand times because
0: <laughs> there's nothing better than just that's your like put Randy to sleep uh, playlist is just that goal on repeat (laughs) full, full
1: wind up. As soon as you step over the blue line, like fully cocked and it goes top cheese. Everyone's tried to do it in beer league. No one, (laughs) it It goes about 18 feet wide. (laughs) If it ever worked. Yeah. It'd be great. Yeah. That's,
0: that's exactly right. So, so yeah, Steve, we're calling this episode uh, the Iserman. It's just, it's beautiful. And but you know, like number nineteen is one of those numbers that is just honestly, it's like so legendary. So many great players have worn number nineteen. You know, if you if we're like, I'm just gonna rattle off a handful of names here, but um, you'll you'll kind of get an appreciation. Like, there's this is only a fraction of who has worn nineteen, but you got one of my favorites, Joe Sakic. uh, the burnt. What do they call him? The Burnaby Kid or something like that, or Burn? No, Burnaby Joe. That's what they call him. And he is an absolute beauty, kind of just like Steve Iserman. Honestly, like they're very similar. Came into the league at the same time, played well, until well, about the same time. Iserman was before
1: Iserman was medals. before Joe.
0: Was a little before Joe, yeah, probably yeah. A, a handful of years before. But they, they, they were in the league for a long time together. And you know, and now Joe Sakik's doing a bang up job as the general manager of the Colorado Avalanche.
1: And if you um, think about Colorado, Detroit, the the legendary rivalry right? from back back in the day, maybe yeah. that's maybe that's brewing here pretty soon.
0: Oh, wouldn't that be amazing? I would love to see that. Um yeah, so Sakik is another famous number 19. Uh other 19s you've got you got uh, Winnipeg boy Jonathan Taves uh, absolute legendary beauty himself
1: a taser um, from Jonathan Taves that's right
0: <laughs> we've got a lot of number 19s in our intro um, uh, another 19 who is currently wearing I think 91 for the Toronto Maple Leafs but but we he's mostly known as a 19 that would be Jumbo Joe Joe Thornton but um, uh, Brian Trottier famously wore 19 for a long time for the Islanders. Travis Zajac, another Winnipeg guy, wearing 19. Now he's on the Islanders. He might have had to switch that 19 because I think Trott's, uh, it's retired over there in in Long Island, I I believe. Um, uh, Other 19s, Big Bird. Larry Robinson. Now there's a guy with uh, some legendary hockey here. That's my new word for the day. Legendary. I think this, this, this episode, legendary, <laughs> Like just uh, beautiful. But uh, sticking with some old time guys there, like Larry Robinson, well, you got Jean Rattal. He played for the Rangers and the Bruins for a long time. He would have played for the Bruins, I think, when uh, Don Cherry was coaching, you know, he's of, he's of that vintage. Um, Rick McLeish also I believe was a Bruin uh, back in in that day no sorry my bad he was a Philadelphia flyer the Bruins are rivals in the Broad Street bully days uh, Rick McLeish was he was a guy like uh, who would in the Broad Street bully days like you think everybody had 200 penalty minutes he he was a guy he was like the gentleman of gentlemen like Rarely saw the penalty box and scored a bunch of goals too. Um, Tim Hunter, he wore 19, Butch Goring wore 19. How about Canadian hero for the ages? Paul Henderson. He wore 19. I don't think he wore 19 for team Canada though. Ever heard of him? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you uh, haven't, no. then do your own <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, and uh, Tim Hunter, there's a guy. No, oh, wait, I just said him, didn't I? Um, oh, Marcus Nasland, captain of the Vancouver Canucks for sort of the early part of the thousands there. He was, uh, or the aughts, as we will uh, sometimes call them. But he was, a, he was a famous number 19 and a really good player in his own right to, you know, him and Bertuzzi. And uh, who's the other guy on that line? Brandon Morrison or something like that.
1: Brent, Brandon Morrison. Yeah.
0: Brandon Morrison. Yeah, yeah. That line was, they were lights out for a number of years, man. One of the best lines in hockey around the turn of the century. But uh, that's just a little sample of some of the number 19s that are out there. Um,
1: well, one that, last thing, then we got to get to the Jason Goulet interview here. Okay. Uh, how you mentioned uh, Joe Thornton. He's actually number 97 because oh. there's already a number 91 for Toronto. It's John Tavares. So oh. It's always a funny thing when you, you're a long time number 19 wearer, and then you go to a new team and you either have to flip it or do something new or whatever. Yeah. So it's always a cool thing to see. It's like, Oh, that's where, I think where the 91 came from. It's like someone was number 19 and then they got traded to another team. They went yeah. with 91 and it's like, then other guys go with like, Oh, I'm going to go to number 97. Um, because, Everyone. uh, Number ninety-one <laughs> and nineteen are taken.
0: And when you play for when you play for original six teams, a lot of the numbers are retired. All that being said, there's one more number nineteen I have to just mention, and that is myself. I wear number nineteen for my spring league team, the Stinkbirds. But it looks like our uh, our guest Jason Goulet is here, so let's let's dial him up and uh, talk to Jason. <laughs> Okay, thanks for joining us, Jason. Uh, We've got with us Jason Goulet, former pro hockey player and owner of No Name Hockey. Uh, Thank you for being here and joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Our pleasure. Um, So uh, tell us a little bit off the top here, maybe, and maybe I'm stealing Randy's thunder here. Uh, Do do you want to just, like, give us a little uh, rundown on No Name Hockey and what it's all about? What you're Uh, doing over there?
3: Yeah, no name hockey. We make custom made hockey sticks. Uh, you get to pick your your curve, your flex. Uh, you pick from a ver- various uh, number of uh, of colors and everything. So it's fully of customizable. Options. Yeah, yeah, fully customizable uh, stick. You get your name and number put on it as well. Um, you know, it's they're affordable sticks. They're not like your typical uh, four hundred dollar plus stick these days. Uh, you get the same performance basically nice
1: yeah so i want to hear the whole no name hockey story uh here in a little bit <laughs> but but first yeah, sure. first a, a big thing here on for on talking hockey for tommy and i is hockey db and when <laughs> when somebody's got a hockey db page you know they're they mean business <laughs> so uh, yeah, oh, yeah. You, you do a quick little search and, and your name shows up and uh, they've got all your stats. there, uh, starting from Dauphin in the MGHL and all the way through yeah. WHL and uh, into your pro pro career there. First, first mm-hmm. off, um, you know, I just let, let's take a little tour through, through the timeline on your hockey DB. Just tell me about how the opportunity came to play for the Dauphin Kings and in, in the MGHL. The
3: um, Dauphin Kings is a pretty funny story. Uh, I was, well, it starts actually in like AAA and stuff. Uh, I was cut when I was in Pee Wee and when the first year Bantam. So then uh, I got, I got a letter. Uh, I was playing AA hockey for like the Winnipeg Suns. Wasn't really much. And I, I was probably was even going to quit hockey at one point. I was going to start playing football. And uh, I got one letter from the Western Hockey League. One scout went and came and watched me play play double a hockey got one letter and uh ended up going to Saskatoon Blades rookie camp um, had a fight within like the first five minutes uh, dropped a guy <laughs> a big big farm boy from Saskatchewan asked me to fight I'd uh, never been in a hockey fight before and uh he asked me to go I was kind of like what's going on here like I didn't know what to expect and uh so yeah I got in the fight dropped him one punched him uh, broke my arm, broke my wrist. And then, uh, I was listed by Saskatoon blades like a week later. So, and then, uh, yeah, eventually, uh, when I was 16, I was almost made the blades. I was kind of one of the last cuts. And then, uh, I eventually got listed with uh dolphin Kings and, uh, got invited to go there.
1: So you were a 15 year old at that first, uh, Saskatoon blades. Yeah.
3: Game? It was probably like rookie, uh, rookie kind of uh off-season kind of uh camp where i got listed and noticed yeah so then so yeah
1: you camp. uh you were mentioning like you were questioning or thinking about potentially quitting hockey so you would have been yeah. like early teens and then basically you maybe got that new sense of oh maybe there's something going on here yeah, after for that sure. experience
3: yeah i was actually like training to be a football player like i went to Cisper high school which was pretty a uh, popular football program in Winnipeg. So um, the coaches always wanted me to play. And I was like, oh, I want to play hockey. And, and then hockey wasn't looking like I was going to go anywhere. So then I started playing football. It kind of helped uh, get my conditioning out for hockey and uh, kind of helped me like some off-season training and stuff. So nice. And then uh, eventually I got listed with Saskatoon and then I was kind of like back all in with
0: hockey. So for the listeners at home who can't see the Zoom call that we're on right now, you've got a bunch of jerseys hanging behind you. Yeah. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, that one on the, uh, on your right, the far right, that must be the Bridgeport Sound Tigers uh, yeah. jersey. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so is that all of the teams you've played for basically? or um, that...
3: Most of them. Yeah. yeah. Like uh, I don't have a Saskatoon one, but yeah. Uh, and a few other teams I'm missing, but most of them I've either got through like after the season, they give you a jersey or yeah. I've, I've found, uh, I don't know, over the past few years, I've kind of been looking for my jerseys online. So I found a few <laughs>
0: online and I bought
3: them. <laughs> it's very really funny.
0: Yeah. Well, those are nice like keepsakes yeah. and mementos to have for yeah, sure. For sure. Yeah. yeah. So, so, so I... hockey has taken you pretty much all over North America really. Yeah. By the looks of it,
3: oh, eh? Yeah. Yeah. North America. And then I, I went to England for a bit too. So it was pretty, you know, I was, uh, all over Western Canada for junior. And then once pro I was all over the States and mm-hmm. it was pretty neat.
1: So, yeah, I see uh, Prince George Cougars Jersey there uh, yep. on the, on the other end of the road. The and, uh, and then, yeah, you mentioned Saskatoon blade. So, uh, you know, look, looking at the rosters actually that you played with on, on those teams. Uh, one, I saw Mike green was on the blades at the same time as you. And then I also saw yeah. that, uh, Dustin Bufflin was on the Prince George Cougars at the same time as you.
3: Yeah. In, uh, Saskatoon, uh, Mike green was like 15 and I was 17 and he was like running our power play when he was like, 15. <laughs> it was like, he was unreal, like such good hands and, yeah. uh, really good player obviously like yeah, right on, yeah well, to
0: have a real nice career and then
3: uh and then buff like he i would uh left that tune and i was actually on a tryout with uh, prince george and i wasn't sure if i was gonna make the team i drove all the way there like from winnipeg on a tryout that's a long way and it was by myself too i was like i better make it because i don't want to drive back <laughs> so, so i ended up making it and then uh buff came like he was in Brandon. he became like i want to say the first month of the season he was he came and uh i'll never forget this he his equipment was in a garbage bag like he <laughs> yeah. took he took the greyhound bus from brandon to prince george he didn't have a car or anything like this is crazy <laughs> he showed up to prince george with his all of his gear in a garbage bag like and that guy is like a freak of nature like yeah. he he was like two years younger than me and like and i'm like 19 and he's like 17 and he's stronger than me and i'm like not a slouch like he's just like naturally gifted strength wise like
0: yeah it's crazy so when when you met him and he's 17 years old and he comes up uh, to prince george with his gear and a hockey bag like, yeah, we were like the, what's the what's the team think of this guy we were first, like? we
3: were like he had his hat back like his hat's like crooked like that and he was like just a character we're like who is this guy like what <laughs> not your typical hockey player but like once you got him on ice like you kind of the first year you kind of saw like flashes of it and then when I was like 20 I played uh, a little bit and uh he was just like he was like ready to get drafted like he was like uh i guess he was like 16 or something or 17 and he was like dangling guys in the dub like he was just like crazy
1: so you, like you know you, there's a clear difference like tommy and i we're beer leaguers right like we're beer leaguers through yeah. and through but there's a, a clear difference like there's times where we've had a chance to play with someone who's played pro or currently yeah. playing pro and you can clearly see the skill level and like how efficient they are and how just consistent they are. So like, say someone for like you who ended up playing pro, what was it like for you to see, you know, someone like Mike Green who eventually turned into like a, you know, a, a high end player in the NHL, like seeing them back then, could you see like glimpses of uh, this guy's like an on another level?
3: Not like you could tell that he was good, but you, we never we were all young and stuff, so we didn't really know like what it took to get to that level, you know. Like, we never we've seen on TV, but you actually skate with NHL player, it's a different story. Like, um, I noticed that like later on in pro, if I was playing like East Coast or something, if I was skating with NHL guy, like they're just that much faster, that more quicker, and even when like I'd jumped from like east coast to ahl it was like a big difference
1: speed wise so talk about that like how did you make the jump like was it like bridgeport at the time were they like the islanders um yeah they were the
3: islanders well i was in uh oklahoma city and i had a couple good years there and uh i was skating in the off season in winnipeg and i was skating with uh, a couple guys uh Sean Chornley, he used to run like hockey schools and stuff, and uh, Brian Trottier was there, and he was with like Islanders. And uh, after one day after one day of skate, he's like, uh, "Bring me your resume. We'll see what we can do for you." So the next day, I brought my resume, and then like probably a couple weeks later, I'd uh, they got interested, and uh, I'd signed a, a two-way with Bridgeport and Islanders, like East Coast AHL deal. So yeah, he was huge, like, uh, uh, grateful for it. Yeah. It was awesome.
1: And so to talk about like, what, like, what was that, uh, you know, experience like in the AHL, like, you know, you're one step away from the NHL, but obviously the level, the level of play was probably a lot different from what you were used to.
3: Oh yeah. Yeah. It was a big difference. Like I can, you didn't really notice in practice. It was like, you can kind of keep up to them and stuff. But like the games like game play and stuff it was just like everything was happening so fast it just i don't know i wasn't there long enough to kind of get used to it but i
0: imagine you know eventually you get used to it yeah so so some of the characters and guys that you've met along the way from all the way from back in junior through to playing in the echl or or wherever um like are there are there characters or guys that you've stayed in touch with or Whatever, you know, like that yeah. uh, through the years that, that, you know, you might have been connected with along the way, played a season here or two, uh, two yeah, or three like, seasons together kind of thing? Or
3: Yeah, like, uh, you know, most of the Winnipeg guys, I still see um, like the Jets, they have a good alumni. Uh, and there's not many guys from Winnipeg that, you know, are played in for the Jets and stuff that retire here. So they have like a good uh, Jets alumni thing. And a lot of pro guys, you know, be used to skate like once or twice a year together and have a few pops together and just check in with each other because we don't really see each other anymore. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I, I, you know, when I was playing like uh, skates and stuff, and see the like, guys that I played with, and yeah, I see them once, and around, once yeah. in a while, every once in a
0: while. Yeah. How how do you get your hockey fix these days? Obviously. This year, COVID wise, uh, it's a little different, but
3: yeah, this way, th- this year I built a rink with my daughter in her backyard. So I skated like every day that way. But nice. uh, usually I have like a Friday afternoon skate. I usually go with you know, older guys who are kind of retired or uh, guys who own their own businesses and they like, kind of get away from work every Friday. So yeah, uh, yeah, I just, I like to play, you know, once or twice a week kind of thing. Yeah, I can.
1: So, uh kind of again following following the line down through your hockey DB, it looks like you played a little bit over in Europe. Um, is, is that yeah. the the uh, British uh, league that you're
3: yeah, in? Yeah, yeah, the EIHL, yeah. So, like
0: Basingstoke know... Bison. Yeah. Where is Basingstoke? <laughs> yeah.
3: it's, it's kind of like I don't remember, it's kind of like an hour and a half away from like London. Okay, And it's uh, kind of close to like Stonehenge. Oh, Not far, oh yeah. Like Stonehenge, cool. Stonehenge was like half an hour away. We went and saw it. But nice. it was kind of like, uh, there was kind of like a shady owner when I went there. And he was like, he was like a German mobster. <laughs> he, like, he, he ended up leaving the team like up one night. Like nobody knew where he went. <laughs> uh, so then like the, the town took over the team and stuff. But like we got uh, eviction notices like two or three times. We had to move a couple times. Like the day the day we we left, our uh, our rental car got repossessed. So
2: <laughs>
1: we
3: kind of uh, <laughs> got out of there in the good time.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so you only played but the yeah. one the one season over there?
3: Um. I, yeah. It was like two or three months, and I end up uh, I played like. Two months and then i got hurt i uh broke my finger at it had surgery in england and uh so we were just like uh let's get out of here mm-hmm. and um then we went to rapid city uh that just uh, it was like their first year in the league so it was pretty nice and they paid our way home so
0: nice is that rapid city south dakota yeah, Rapid yeah. Area. So you yeah. go from Stonehenge to, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty yeah, Mount Rushmore. I was trying yeah. to think of a name,
1: yeah. what's call it called? <laughs> yeah, yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah.
0: So,
3: so, pretty good spot.
1: So, and so, like, how, how, like, where does no name hockey come into the mix now? Like, once you were kind of getting to the end of your play, playing career, is that when you started transitioning into figuring out what you were going to do after, or how, to, how did that work?
3: Not really. It kind of, uh, ended pretty quickly I was like my last year we played in Arizona and uh, I was like by that time you're a veteran and there's only so many veterans on a team there's like that uh, that time there was like four veterans so the spots are kind of getting limited and you know uh, fighting was kind of dwindling down and stuff so and I was you know playing hurt a lot and it was it was time to pack it in and uh so we left uh I got released from Arizona and then we just came back home and started real life the fun stuff
1: (laughs) so yeah take take us through the process of starting no-name hockey like first of all Um, like why, why hockey sticks like why did you go there I don't
3: know like I was looking for something I didn't after I came back home I focused on work for like two or three years i didn't even touch a hockey stick honestly i didn't even skate or anything and uh i just wanted to do something to do keep involved with hockey and uh, it just kind of popped up i um saw this opportunity to rep some hockey sticks and i kind of liked it and it kind of kept my foot in with hockey and i got to get in touch with people i knew from hockey around winnipeg and stuff so um yeah it was just some like it almost started out as a hobby and then, uh, it's been growing ever since. So,
1: yeah. And how many years are you in business now? Uh,
3: five years for No Name Hockey.
1: Okay. And so just yeah. tell, tell folks a bit about like, like you have the store in Winnipeg and, and like what, what else is going on with No Name Yeah. Hockey?
3: Yeah. Now we have a store, like you can come in and, um, it's kind of like a showroom. You can kind of check everything out. You can see all the colors of the sticks. You can even, like, test some sticks, kind of shoot around. Um, you can kind of, like, order your stick right there. And then, like, you know, four or five weeks later, your stick will be here.
1: And how how long did you find, like, uh, you know, y- you for sure have, like, you know, hockey players out there. They've got the CCMs. they got the Bowers. You know, there's a, the Warriors. Yeah. Like, there's the market, obviously, of, of the main brands. But how did you find to kind of, like – kind of maybe find your niche and kind of find your your home in the hockey world? How, how um, has that been?
3: Yeah, like, I kind of want to make the best stick we could for, like, the best price, basically. Uh, you know, like, beer leaguers, they don't want to spend, like, 400 bucks right now. Like, um, I think, a, like, a good stick, you should be around, like, the 199 Canadian, which is what we're kind of are. And it, it's a, a comparable stick to any of the top-of-the-line brands.
0: Yeah, I right. I used Randy's stick on the outdoor rink one time this winter. I like a lot longer of a stick, and Randy's got yeah. the short little one. But oh, I was yeah. I was holding it and whatever and and stick handling and yeah, it's a real nice stick. It's so light, and it does. It feels like one of those crazy sticks that I could never afford. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, yeah. I, I, you know, and and as a as a beer leaguer, I'm you know I'm always looking for a deal or whatever. So yeah, yeah. and. and you kind of, like, definitely that $200, like, that's the most that I would ever spend on yeah, a stick. And I've done it a sure. couple times, but, you know. Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, yeah. So that that's pretty cool. So have you had um, much success, like, uh, marketing-wise or, or sales-wise with, like, reaching out beyond the local market? Like, have you, are you, are you kind uh, of going, shipping sticks all over the world, or how's that going for you? It's,
3: yeah, basically. We, we ship more in the US than we do in Canada right now. Okay. We, we had like international orders too. We've done like Austria, Switzerland, England, uh, Australia, kind of yeah. all over the place. Yeah.
1: So how would it work? Like, is there a potential in the future for like NHL players to use no-name hockey or is um, there like brand, brand kind of regulations there at all?
3: Yeah. Like you have to have like a brand deal with NHL. You have to pay like I don't know, it's like two or three hundred dollars, two or three hundred thousand dollars actually. So <laughs> um yeah, it's a big difference, but yeah, it's it's not really like in the cards right now, it's just a lot of money to put up. Like you see smaller brands do it and then they get like a few guys, it doesn't make sense. Like yeah. So we kind of that's kind of the brand of no name is that we're basically going after the no-name beer leaguers, no-name kids, who are looking to make a name in hockey, uh, get to the next level, and the parents like it because they're getting a comparable stick to like an expensive one, but it's it's affordable, and they mm-hmm. going to pick the colors, and then they get their name and number. They feel like a pro, you know. Like one of the coolest things about playing pro hockey is like you get your sticks or your skates, they all have your name on name and number on them, like. You know, people kind of like that. They feel attached to their stick. You know, it's part of their game.
1: Yeah, it's a little bit of like that big league experience that you're you're yeah. getting to getting from that. And I I've been mentioning to like our 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 buddies that you know we've got a close friend that that works uh, for the Winnipeg Jets, so we're able to kind of get a decent lead on on used jet sticks and stuff like that. And so I yeah. had I had a, a Rosslevic Warrior stick that uh, if I was if I was blindfolded, I could pick up that one, and I could pick up the, this No Name stick that I have, and I wouldn't be able to tell the difference. So, um, it's definitely a, a a quality stick for for a lot less than what what the what those ones go for. So, uh, as far as like um, into the future, like what what are your plans for No Name? Like you've got you just opened the store. Actually, like just let let everyone know where the store is and uh, and uh, what's there. Yeah,
3: yeah, it's at uh, B two sixteen ninety five Sergeant Avenue. Uh, we're planning on having like when it's safe to do so, and when teams can get together, have like team fittings, team feast parties, kind of that, and even like uh, beer league teams and stuff. Uh, Bringing the team down and get fitted for sticks. Uh, we can do like custom sticks, like team logos, team colors, everything.
1: And and so like what do you, what like you know the the sticks are are. Um a main part of your business, but you also have like gloves and bags and other merchandise. Like, are you planning on branching out there or are you going to?
3: Yeah, we've, we've done like, uh, we've done like team jerseys, team bags, team hockey gloves too. Um, That's all. We'll be doing that as well.
1: So I've got one last question, Tommy. I'm not sure if you've got anything, but I'll, I'll go first here. I was just curious to like, you know i'm not going to lie you 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 go down your hockey db and you know there's a couple years where the pims are are pretty high right so uh, uh <laughs> yeah. I, I got i got to ask the that year in oklahoma you played 64 games and you had 248 pims so obviously you're 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 a big defenseman and you're you're uh, you know making you're punishing guys coming in front of your net and just tell take me take me through what that season would have been like for you in 1506
3: uh. That was a lot of fun. Like Oklahoma City is like, uh, it's a fun town. Uh, we played in like an NHL size rink. It was it's where the Oklahoma City Thunder play now. It's like an eighteen thousand uh, thousand seat arena. So, yeah, it's pretty crazy. Um, lots of fights. But I think I had like in between twenty and twenty five fights
0: that year. So, wow. Yeah. Yeah. uh yeah oh, well I was yeah I guess like my uh, last question was gonna be fight fighting related <laughs> but uh just wondering like so you were saying like your first camp or whatever you know you had never been in a hockey fight and then you go through your career and fighting was part of your game yeah. um did you have uh somebody at some point kind of like teach you the ropes uh kind of thing um... and, like you know, because like I, I never, um, you know, I, I I played until I was 16 or 17 or whatever. And then, you know, hung them up until I was 30, kind of thing. And then, you know, like fighting at that point in double A, you know, Pee Bantam, that kind of stuff, it wasn't a thing, you know. No, I, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so then, yeah, you go, I, I could only imagine, you know, going from that, stepping into a camp big saskatchewan farm boy being like let's go yeah, <laughs> then, yeah
3: like, kind of, i didn't know what to expect and then uh, kind of my dad played pro too for a few years and he played okay. like major junior and stuff so he kind of knew uh it was coming so he kind of yeah. warned me a little bit and uh after i was 16 in dauphin i took like boxing like all summer and then uh it just helped a lot and yeah uh, it was i was just more Ready to handle if, like, uh, I was seventeen and if a twenty-year-old tried to pick on me, um, I could take care of myself. So yeah, that was the biggest thing with you know fighting wise is boxing.
0: Yeah, and then twenty years ago it was a yeah. a different game for sure, right? Like, it was... well, it's
3: it's not like I wanted to be a fighter. It was like, yeah, yeah I could have played MJHL for five years and probably not fought much. Yeah. And if I fought, then I could play in the Western League. So it was kind of like, it was another element that got me to the next level. And then eventually I got to pro and I was like, oh, I could keep playing pro if I keep on doing this. Miles, just keep going. Like I'm already here, right. you know.
0: So that was kind of your calling yeah. card, eh? Like, so yeah. would, would coaches, uh, would coaches kind of tap you on the shoulder and let you know um, that it was time to, there, the there, were, or...
3: there were there were a few coaches that would do that but like I kind of knew when to do it and I kind of didn't like to be told when to do it because it's like I coach like in Saskatoon why it didn't work out was like the coach would tell me like the day of the game he's like hey we need you to fight tonight I'm like yeah. okay and then he wouldn't put me on ice I'm like uh kind of hard to fight when you're not playing and then but yeah like every you know in pro and stuff and in prince george and stuff like the the coaches kind of let me do my own thing and that's kind of where i had the best success as a player and they just let me play and i play and i'd fight you know it was pretty simple Mm
1: -hmm. so actually one one last question that experience that you had over in england kind of made me think of something so you said the the owner basically just left and then the town took over the team and then your rental car gets repossessed or whatever happened. Like to (laughs) me, that, that sounds like, you know, like almost like a a slap shot story. And, you know, I'm sure there's like a few more, like, especially like when you're playing in maybe non-traditional hockey markets or, or different leagues that aren't really part of like major leagues. So is it, was there any other like, um, uh moments kind of through your pro career where you're like you know what is going on here is this a, like a scene from a movie or, or what's going on
3: uh, yeah there's actually one kind of funny one from Oklahoma City uh we always drove through uh and there was a team in Amarillo Texas and that's where like you ever heard of the big Texan it's a big steakhouse and they have like a 72 ounce steak
0: you ever heard of that i have not no no so Was yeah, it like the the, of, yeah y- eat the like whole the thing great, get it free
3: yeah it's like the great outdoors like the guy you have, you have to eat the gristle too oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I uh, a couple of days before we are a road trip that my coach is like uh you're gonna you're gonna try and eat the steak i'm like what are you talking about he's like we're going to he's like, we're going to the big texan we're, we're going to uh, uh lubbock we're going through uh Lubbock, Texas, or are going through Amarillo, so we're gonna stop there for dinner. I'm like, all right. He's like, if you don't finish it, I'll pay for it. It's like a hundred bucks. So like, I went up. We get there. I'm like, oh shit! Like, this is crazy. Like, they like, there's like a big steak, uh, 72 ounces. It's like a couple inches thick, like a big plate full of meat. And then you gotta eat like a shrimp cocktail um there was like a bun there was like a salad there was like all this stuff so like i'm eating i start you have an hour to finish it so i i ended up finishing it with like seven minutes left but like my jaw was hurting like there was so much chewing and like it was brutal like you'd never want to do it again that's wild uh, and then we had a two-hour bus ride like, to get to the next town where we were playing the next day. So like... Just food coma? Count. Oh yeah, I was in like the, the bunk of the bus, like in the fetal position. I was just like <laughs> terrible. Meat sweats. <laughs> oh so, yeah. And then like the next day we had a game. And, uh, and then I had, uh, I think I fought the same guy twice. And then um, also, like, during the game, there's players on the other team asking me if I finished it. They're like, did you, did you finish the steak? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it, uh, it made it into hockey news. They used to have, like, a, a league section, and it made it into, like, uh, Goulet gobbles his way. Uh, he, he may never make it in the Hall of Fame, they said, but it, his stomach is legendary. <laughs> so, yeah. That's pretty funny.
0: That's hilarious. Amazing. Amazing. Well, that's a pretty great story to go out on. We'll have to uh, cap it there as we're running out of time, yeah. but yeah. we really appreciate you coming on and sharing some stories with us and uh, filling us in on uh, no-name hockey biz. So no dot CA or what sorry uh, I yeah do. fill us
1: in on the on the deets where where does where does where, everyone where, find uh, no name hockey online yep,
0: uh, no name hockey
3: co uh on instagram facebook uh twitter uh tiktok if you're into that kind of thing uh, yeah do you everywhere do, you do online.
0: dances for it no <laughs> no i don't No. I do not. Uh, there's no dancing
1: <laughs> for me. No, he does these tape job videos that are pretty sweet. I've
0: seen, I've seen yeah, that
1: on uh, Instagram. Yeah, oh. they're, they're going viral, yeah. yeah. They're Everybody really, loves yeah, a fresh yeah. taped twig, so you can't beat yeah, that. Yeah. Yet. For sure. Well, thanks for joining us, Jason. Uh, yeah. You know, great hearing their stories and seeing those legendary jerseys behind you. Yeah. Um, yeah, all the best with No Name Hockey, and uh, yeah, hopefully we'll see you on the ice one of these times.
0: Awesome. Thanks, guys. All right. Well, that was a great little interview with Jason Goulet, local proprietor of No Name Hockey, former professional hockey player.
1: And I got to say, I got to say the No Name Hockey sticks, I pretty much used uh, a couple of them exclusively for the winter, aside from when I was using that uh, Northland wood stick there for every once in a while like it's a phenomenal stick and the fact that you can buy them right here in winnipeg is 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 a bonus so yeah make sure you go check out no name hockey the store is open these days you can uh take a visit and their uh to their store there and all the sticks that they have on display or or even just check it check out their website but uh yeah, yeah i was uh, i
0: was thinking like you were next time that i'm due for a hockey stick i bought one kind of at the beginning of last season and then of course it wasn't really a season so it's still pretty much brand new so it'll be another little while before i'm due for a hockey stick and you know um i kind of i've spent two hundred dollars on a hockey stick a couple of times a few times you know uh but that's kind of my upper limit of the budget but knowing that we've got a local option uh for it a stick that costs $200 and it is this, the performance level of a $400 stick or whatever. Um, it's enticing. And also the, the really enticing thing for me is what you were saying one time, I think uh, we were on the ODR you told me this and it's like, they, ha- they, you know, they can make the long sticks like the,
1: they, they offer the taller sticks. Yeah.
0: The taller stick and the stiffer flex, okay. you can get whatever lie you want, you know, and the, the curve different curve patterns and all that so fully customizable sounds pretty awesome and yeah i'm, I'm into it so um definitely going to be looking into a no-name stick uh, next time i'm about to drop some uh big bucks on a on a twig so um yeah great uh, great to have jason on the show um now i think we're we're gonna do we're gonna rewind the clock a little bit to last week when we looked into our crystal ball. So last week we had Russ Rankin of good riddance on and WHL scout and New Jersey devils mega fan. And we asked him to put the pants on of the devils GM pre trade deadline. And, you know, kind of go through the devil's roster of who's who's about to be traded, et cetera. And he was pretty bang on. And then, and then we kind of looked into our crystal ball Winnipeg Jets-wise and had a few thoughts about what we thought might happen with the Jets at the trade deadline. And then we even put a beer, we put a wager on it for, um, uh, I believe a, uh, you know, yeah, uh, what was it, a Michelob Ultra or whatever? Like, uh, no. Uh, but I, I had wagered that, yes, the Jets will make a trade. They will make one trade. And you, Randy, said, Oh, they're going to hold zero. still. They're not, they're not going to yeah. trade. They're not going to
1: do anything. Honestly, I I thought the jets would make a trade, but just to make, make the show, you know, for ratings, yeah. you got to do it for the yeah. ratings. So <laughs> I, I took, the, <laughs> I took the hard stand and I said zero and mm-hmm. lo and behold, freaking like the, t- the trade deadline was 2.00 PM. Our Winnipeg time on Monday. And it's like, it passed. You, there was no trades. I, I was, I was like, like, Oh my God. I, I was like, I can't, can't believe I'm right. And I'm kind of feeling bad that I'm right because I wish <laughs> the jets would have made some moves. I wish They
0: would have had done something. But, yeah.
1: but, but then after the fact, then they did make the move and, and Tommy, I'll let you uh, divulge. Well, who, 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 who's now a Winnipeg jet.
0: Well, so they got Jay, uh, Jordy Ben. I almost called him Jamie Ben. Geordie Ben, brother of, uh, the Dallas star guy. Um, Whose name I'm completely blanking on. Jamie Ben. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's why I was blanking because yeah. his name is Jamie Ben. We got yeah. Jordy Ben. <clears throat> yeah. So yeah, defenseman Jordy Ben from the Vancouver Canucks, and he's uh, by all accounts. And I mean, I remember him on the the well, you know, the, uh, the Stars, the Habs, and then most recently the Canucks. And he's a pretty solid, uh, sturdy player. He's kind of a burly dude. He's got the big beard. And I don't think he messes around when it comes to net front presence. And that's pretty much what the Jets wanted and needed. There was a lot of talk about them going fishing for a bigger sort of top pairing defenseman. In the end, that wasn't available. Or if it was, the price was too outlandish. And Kevin Chevaldayoff said, I don't think so. Uh you know, I think D- David Savard went from Columbus to Tampa, but it was by way of our pal Stevie Y taking on a bunch of salary for this year
1: and allowing
0: his old pal in Tampa to get um, Savard. Yeah. So that wasn't happening for Winnipeg really, obviously. So.
1: And also, uh, also like not a lot of first round picks were, were thrown around. Um, which, you know, I guess you got to commend, uh, Chevy for the fact that he held on to his, uh, you know, he did, he didn't, uh, buy high, you know, he, he kept, he kept things uh, civil. Um, and you know, at the same time, like, you know, all throughout our little, uh, whatever you want to call it, the, the partial caressive steel WhatsApp thread that we've got going on. Um, you know, if, you know, some of the discussion that we've had in there lately is, uh, cup. You know, past couple trade deadlines, the Jets have traded their first round pick, and it didn't yep. end up working. Like they traded uh, for Stasny. They traded. Well, kind
0: of worked for Stasny,
1: but they didn't win the cup. So, no. like, I would say, like, that's working. So, mm-hmm. um, and maybe that's a high bar, but, um, uh, and then Kevin Hayes, they traded their first round. They ended up getting it back, and whatever that, you know. But maybe here's a trade deadline where it's like, let's not put our first round up in the air just for nothing or, or for something that we feel isn't worthwhile. And also if the, if the, if the, the vibe and like the, the mood in the room is good, uh, why would you want to rock the boat? Like maybe that's where the jets are at right now. It's like, we, they feel good about their, their team. And maybe they feel like, uh, you know, uh, Pierre, Luc Dubois, Maybe still not quite firing 110% just yet. And a few I other guys. I think he's got more to give for sure. Yeah, a few other guys, if you want to say they could be pulling on the rope a little harder. Um, you know, like I think there's more to give from from a lot of the guys there. And maybe they felt good about that and they're they're okay with what they did. And if you cool. if you watched the game last night, um, that freaking crazy move there with Zach Hyman slashing Pionk <laughs> in the freaking head. Um <laughs> Slew foot, uh, four board uh,
0: then give so, like a hack across the head on his way down or whatever. Like, if
1: if Forbert is hurt there, then that's where having Ben comes comes in because yeah. it's kind of like we just got another Forbert kind of thing. Uh, yeah, yeah. So it, like, you know, I think
0: Forbert was all right. He was a little tender getting up, but I think he might have shook it off. But yeah, the you know having Ben uh, whether or not he because he's got a quarantine, I guess, and I. I'm a little bit, I mean, as with everything COVID related, I'm a little bit like murky on what, like why, uh, you know, you saw David Riddick go from Calgary to Toronto and then he stepped in and played the very next day. Uh, And yet, you know, you get Ben going from Vancouver to Winnipeg and he's got a quarantine for seven days.
1: But I believe that it
0: might've been related to that whole Canucks thing. Uh, because obviously there was a major covid outbreak there but also i think winnipeg has a uh, a quarantine if you travel outside the uh, province of manitoba you got to
1: you oh, come yeah. back it's, kind it's of thing the the manitoba health manitoba health exactly so uh, yeah, i think that's all that it yeah. is
0: but um anyway uh, we should see Jamie or jordy ben before too long uh, but whether or not you know he steps in and becomes a regular or is he kind of like a depth guy. It's hard to say. And I really don't know what's going to happen with like, yeah, I really have no feeling on it because we saw last night against Toronto. We saw Billy Hanala step in and play his first game since January and just his like 10th game ever in the NHL. And he had pretty sheltered minutes. He didn't play a whole lot. Honestly,
1: I didn't even really notice him. You saw him
0: every now and then kind of thing. Uh, which I guess, you know, whatever, I, I break him in slow, whatever. But um, he's
1: also hasn't really played a lot of hockey lately. Exactly. So, yeah. So, yeah.
0: But it was good to see him in the lineup. And I'm, I'm glad that he was getting a chance. And I think we'll see more and more of him as time goes on, whether or not that's this season, because, you know, he took Logan Stanley's place in the lineup and, and Stanley, Big Stan, as uh, he's been uh, known to, fans these days he was playing pretty awesome i think and most people sort He's of been great, yeah. get that impression right um so then you got to look at jordy ben jordy ben and say like where does he fit in is he taking big stand spot or you know and and, and i was like pretty harsh on tucker poolman in our uh, whatsapp thread the last little while and uh, you know tucker well he went out and he laid the body like uh he he led the team in hits or whatever. Like he was he had like 12, I don't know how many hits, but at some point in the third period I heard Dennis Bayak say he had 10 hits. So like Tucker Pullman, he's actually been playing pretty good. And same with Dylan DeMello, like whether you know, like I can kind of slander that guy's name a little bit, but like he's been playing pretty good too. So it'll be interesting to see where Jordy Ben fits in, but yeah, it's.
1: I, I would definitely say it's, it's a depth depth ad. Uh, like I, I think the jets are, are pretty happy with how and where everyone's playing right now. It, I think putting uh, young Billy into the lineup is just to kind of give him some minutes. Uh, Cause yeah. there's a good chance that he'll have to uh, maybe put, play a bit more, you know, obviously if there's a, if there's another injury or whatever, you got to make sure that he's not coming in completely cold. So we might see a little bit of a revolving door on the, on the D positions yeah. over the next little while. And that's fine. Like if you look at the standings, the jets are now closer to Toronto than they are to Edmonton. So they're closer to first than they are to falling to third. Um, but that being said, where, wherever they fall, like they're, they're in a comfortable position in, for sure in the top three so they're not going to fall out of that. Like they're not going yeah. to fall the fourth. It's, it, you know, it'd be, it would take way too much. Um, so this is, this is where you like the part of the schedule where you can, um, you know, try some things also like, you got to love how um, Ealers and Connor are looking right now. Like they both oh, scored two goals yesterday. On fire. Yeah. They're, they're wheeling, um, you know, like, and, and in classic Toronto fashion, if you a lot of the headlines, it's like it. It wasn't the fact that the Jets won yesterday; it's the fact that the <laughs> was Leafs a, lost. Like yeah. the Leafs, the Leafs but, let the game get away from them, or the Leafs played black. Yeah.
0: Oh, their power play didn't. It, uh, it wasn't the Jets.
1: To. It wasn't the Jets dominating the game or just yeah, doing this. Yeah. It's always Leafs, and, and then fill in the blank.
0: And big number seventeen for the Winnipeg Jets. Adam Lowry played a great game last night, as he pretty much always does. And today, it was just announced, Friday, the 16th of April, just announced that Adam Lowry signed an extension for five years with the Jets. Uh, AAV of $3.25 And uh, if you're a Jets fan, you got to like that because he's a big part of the team. Has been ever since he joined the team. He's been playing here. I think he's like 27-ish now, and he's been on the team for – since he's like about 20 or so. And uh, yeah, he's, he's a great uh, third line center. Like in my opinion, one of the best third line centers in the whole league. And uh, so now we've got five more years of uh, the big lousy. So you got to like that. And,
1: love it. Um, love it. Yeah. I love he's, you know everything he provides. It's it's a he's the type of player that makes makes the difference in the playoffs too. So uh, it's it's great. It's nice to see that the Jets are going to have him for five more years.
0: Uh, we're going to go out on a song by our upcoming guests, the Zambonis. Um, this is uh, we're going to have Mr. Zamboni on, uh, Dave. Mr. Dave Zamboni. What is the song called, Randy?
1: A- Andy Moog meets Robert Moog.
0: There it is. There it is. The beautiful beautiful sounds like a new sounds of the dude so keep your stick on the ice check your lie. we'll see you next week